Oh yeah, go downtown. JR, this is Kyla. Oh yeah, Triple H, hey, JR, can you spell Enigma? Oh man, he is getting P.O.'d! Here comes Jacqueline, the baby with back. Oh yeah, what up, Kingfish? Aqua lads and Aqua lasses, welcome back into the Aqua Cave for the return of Kingfish. Oh yeah, what up, Johnny T? Oh man, I bet the fans were getting a little P.O.'d that Kingfish hadn't been around for a while. Shane, calm yourself, okay? Just had to work it into the busy schedule is all. But folks, we're back with Kingfish, the Shane McMahon audio journey. Now, it's been about a month, I'm sorry, but if it's your first time with Kingfish, first of all, go back and listen to the archives. I like the hits. Give me the hits. I want them all. Hit my podcast. That's right. Hit my podcast and tell me that I'm a bitch. I, whoa, Vince, I told you. I don't want you unless it's time for Concrete Man. Go back. Go back to your room. Okay, but folks, Kingfish is the show where we relive the earliest days of Sunday Night Heat when Shane McMahon is on commentary. We have a little fun. We make note of all the bullshit insanity that Shane brings to the table, and we sort of live in 1998. It is uh, 9-13-98, September 13th, 1998, and this will be our second episode of Kingfish that follows a Saturday night edition of Monday Night Raw, which is a very strange thing to say. Uh, now this, again... Of course, it's thanks to the ongoing tennis match between Aaron Williams and Charles Poole. It was indubitably a long-ass fucking match. When we got together our last time, Shane McMahon let us know, Oh yeah, my pops has a master plan, JR, and it's gonna P.O. Stone Cold Steve Austin. That master plan was announced, and it was the main event for Breakdown in your house. All right, get down, get funky. The main event is, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin as reigning defending World Wrestling Federation champion defending against both The Undertaker and Kane. Also, allegedly, Vince McMahon was having a laughing fit the entire day. We get an opening video that recaps exactly what I just did. So brand synergy. I like it. We get our opening credits and some pyro. Then Shane and JR welcome us. They let us know that all three men in the World Wrestling Federation Championship match of Breakdown are here tonight. And let's get going with our first match as Ken Shamrock comes down the aisle. Now this is an interesting trivia note, fans. The ring entrance tonight is totally fucking different. The Titan Tron is gone. And it's replaced with a tinier video screen. It's like in a 4-3 aspect ratio. It's like square. And it's above the entrance directly. And it is kind of small. There's no ramp either. There is a WWF logo uh, entrance set up basically just like the WrestleMania 14 entrance. It's on the same camera side, but it sort of turns a little bit. And I'm wondering why they did this. Obviously, this is the same arena that we saw last night on Sunday night, or excuse me, Saturday night Raw. Little research. It's the Songus Arena in Lowell, Massachusetts. I think the T on Songus is silent. If it's not, fuck it. I don't really care. But the capacity for this arena is about 6,500. And it's also the home of TNA's Lockdown 2008. 
so I'm wondering if the arena's just too small to bring in the big Titantron. And that's all I've got for you on that one, because Kitty Kitty Shamrock is here to battle Vader, and Vader gets the jobber, no entrance. He's waiting in the ring. JR, this match should be awesome, and Shamrock is still P.O.'d from last week because Vader interfered in his match with Bradshaw. JR says that Shamrock won a Lion's Den match last night? No, I think they aired the Lion's Den match last night on Raw. That's pretty fucking weird. JR then mentions that Shamrock is the reigning, defending king of the ring. And he mentions that this is the second time Vader and Shamrock have gone one-on-one. And in the first match, Shamrock broke Vader's nose in five places. It must be a cold day in hell, because it sounds like Jim Ross is pushing Shamrock's history and Shamrock the person on commentary. wonder if the big push is in line. I love Shamrock style, JR. Oh, nice shot. Yeah, Kenny, lay those hands in there. Bam, bam, bang. Don't know why he transitions from bam, bam to bang there on the end. Maybe he was thinking about last night. JR says that Vader has been trying to get in shape, but he still has quite a bit of a ways to go. What a dick. Also, pot kettle black, JR. Shamrock, of course, is not in the corporation yet. I don't even think the corporation is a thing. No time to ponder this, though, because BAM! Oh, I can't believe the power of Vader. Throwing around Shamrock like a little kid. Uh, well, I can't believe the power of your daddy, Shane, who last week shocked the world with his master plan. <laughs> it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, big bright hands, Ken! We then... Shane, well, then Shane says something else on commentary that I believe is the demo title for the theme song of the 1999 Royal Rumble and the song that would eventually become the theme song of the corporate team in the corporate team's hired gun. Hi, I'm Michael Cole, and I always say the corporate team. Shane says, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the toughest SOP, but there is no way a snowball's chance in hell that Stone Cold Steve Austin can defeat The Undertaker and Kane September 27th at Breakdown. So there you go. You've got a snowball's chance! Snowball's chance in hell! I like it. I like it quite a bit. Vader hits a splash. JR wonders if Ken is busted up internally. I wonder if we'll see some Shamrock coughing up blood. Vader jumps off the middle rope. Oh yeah, nice shot! Vader. Vader hits his Vader punches, you know. And then goes downtown with the arm bar. But Kenny Kenny Shamrock rolls out of this. Shane McMahon then wonders if The Undertaker and Kane can figure out which of them will win the WWF Championship at Breakdown. Shamrock, back in the match, hits an absolutely bonkers reverse elbow off the, uh, you know, off of an Irish whip, and it rocks Vader. Like, I think it rocks Leon, not Vader, because Vader is staggering. It's fast and low, comes in from an angle that's just ripe for concussions, and it's pretty badass. Vader counters with a power slam that gets two. Kenny Shamrock screams and goes for a Franken-Shamrocker. But Vader counters it with a power bomb. So Shamrock must be the bizarro version of Billy the Kid, the Kidster, Kidman from WCW. You know who I'm talking about. Because you can't power bomb Kidman. He always counters with the Kidman Canrana. JR promotes Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. Wow. Back on Mondays. What a fucking three-day sequence for a young Johnny C or any WWF fan in the 1998 era. 
you get Raw on Saturday, Heat on Sunday, and then Raw on Monday. I mean, I'm not kidding. That sounds like the type of thing that I would fucking be all in for and hype it up all week with my friends. Like, oh man, friends, it's going to be Raw, Heat, and then Raw. And they'd be like, yeah, that's cool. I'm trying to get laid because it's 1998 and I'm in high school. And I'd be like, oh man, you're going downtown. Uh, JR lets us know that Raw will be live from San Jose. Shane yells, the Shark Tank. Watch it. Now I get it. I know the arena. San Jose, it's a Shark Tank. But it sounds like he's promoting us to watch that fucking show Shark Tank that I really hate. Shamrock locks in the ankle lock. Shane with the debut of a new call that I hope returns. Oh go! Snap! Crackle pop time! Snap! Crackle pop! Vader does indeed tap very quickly. JR says Shamrock is on a roll. Oh yeah, Shamrock. He's in fuego. On fire. That's what that means, JR. And now Shamrock has the mic? It's time the WWF gives me a little chance to speak my mind. Well, you got the mic, Ken. Shane retorts to no one. Because not like you can hear you, Shane. To make a long story short, uh, Kenny complains that he's only gotten one shot at the WWF Championship, and he's been here for a year and a half. He's beaten everyone except one man. Stone Cold, Steve Austin. And I like this. I like this quite a fucking bit. I like getting Shamrock on that level. This is probably what's going to lead to that cage match at Breakdown in your house. Um, Now, folks, JR, I don't know that he has a trademark JR verbal orgasm, but he is like, oh, Kenny Shamrock, stepping it up. He's challenged Stone Cold to a match anywhere, any place, any time. And it is Sunday Night Heat, and no episode of Sunday Night Heat is complete without a cut to the locker room to see Stone Cold Steve Austin live, in quotation marks, in the arena, watching the show on a tiny TV screen. And by God, that is exactly what we cut to as we head to a commercial. Serious note, it's starting to become quite a bad habit. They want to make you think that Stone Cold is going to get involved, and he rarely, rarely does. And even when he does come out, he like walks down the the ramp and then pyro goes off and then please don't go 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 please don't go i don't know if y'all remember that episode i do i remember it quite well and it's smart i get promoting that stone cold steve austin is here and anything can happen because it's your sunday night show it's not raw but i think it's time to end the the, the tiny tv era okay the tiny tv era has begun for stone cold on sunday night heat Promoted tonight, also, D'Lo Brown taking on the big red machine, Kane. And X-Pac versus the freshly clean-cut Jeff Jarrett in a lumberjack match. Apparently, Southern Justice has time to end their pursuit of Michael Myers and participate in this lumberjack match. We will see as we head to commercial. But we're back. Shane lets us know that our WWF cameras caught up with Sable on the set of Pacific Blue. This is like our fourth encounter with Pacific Blue. I can't escape this. Uh, The first episode, of course, included Amy Hunter Cornelius and Mario Lopez getting into it with Val Venus. And then we saw videos recapping the hype and interviews with the cast of Pacific Blue talking shit to Val. We then got hype for Triple H appearing on Pacific Blue. And these encounters have been fun for you. I know they have. So allow me to give you some breaking news. This Wednesday, 
September 28th, 2022, on the North-South Connection podcast feed, yours truly, that being Johnny C, will be assuming the Jenny position, as the lovely, fantastic Jennifer Smith invited me to come on to her show for an episode of, you heard about Pluto? And on this show, we will be live watching the sleazy, scummy, and porn-filled episode of Pacific Blue featuring Triple H. You absolutely do not want to miss this one. It's a shit ton of fun. And wow, you want to talk about a sleazy episode of programming on the USA Network? Police officers riding bikes and being flippant about child pornography. This is the one for you. And it's only in the Jenny position, which is only on the North-South Connection Podcast Network. She drops content every Wednesday. Assume the position indeed. So back on the world of Kingfish, we see Sable on the set of Pacific Blue, and she's filming a fight scene in prison, which seems to fit the sleazy Sunday night heat Pacific Blue USA Network mantra. Because, folks, you see, she's an inmate here in prison. She's a prison babe, and she rips off her shirt to reveal her very tight brassiere as she begins a prison fight with a female cop. Now, during this video, we get a shot of the director talking to Sable about the shot. And he does indeed do the Kevin Nash frame the shot hand position right in front of Sable's face, which isn't the first time someone's done something right to Sable's face. But now I've got an image of Kevin Nash and Sable with a late night hookup. And Kevin Nash is like, all right, Sable, I need you to get down on your knees. And then he does the shot. All right, I think I'm going to shoot right here. Would that work for you, Sable? Yeah, Kevin, it will. Anywho, back to the real world. Suddenly, she's cutting a promo, that being the Sabester, live via tape from the set of Pacific Blue. And folks, I have that promo for you. Jackie, I'm very flattered that you're so obsessed with me. But quite frankly, it's starting to get old. After SummerSlam the other night, I thought you and your man would get the message. But obviously, you didn't. You know, I couldn't help but notice how stunning you looked in your evening gown. So I've got a little proposition for you. Why don't you slip those threads back on, and you and I can paint the town red. We'll have an evening gown match. I'll strip you of your pride, your dignity, and anything else that comes off. And oh yeah, are you ready for the grind? Them's fighting words, Sable. And I believe this is another pattern we're seeing develop here on Sunday Night Heat that's made itself obvious. Heat seems to be the show where they allow the women to develop their storylines as opposed to just parading around as eye candy. And I like that. I like that quite a fucking bit, if I do say so myself. Speaking of ladies, here comes Val Venus. Rhymes with, I mean this. Oh, JR, I love this guy. Jim Ross then confirms the challenge that Sable has laid out for the evening gown match is a challenge for tomorrow night's edition of Monday Night Raw. And also, last night during that Raw, or during the Raw that was previous, excuse me, during a Dustin Runnels match, Val Venus found himself in the crowd carrying his own sign. Now, you might recall that Dustin Runnels has taken about to uh, carrying a sign in the ring 
or outside the ring in the audience during matches that says he is coming. Val Venus's sign? Well, Shane McMahon lets us know what it said. Oh, check it out, JR. Val Venus's sign. I have come. Well, there's your answer. It's Val Venus, JR. Tonight's euphemism for sex from Val. Hello, ladies. You know something? You can say all you want about McGuire. You can say all you want about Sosa. But believe me when I say, the big Valboski has the most dangerous bet <laughs> in the business. Ha <laughs> ha, what do you think, JR? Uh, well, uh, I'll take his word for it. You think Val has knocked out more than 62? Yeah, I would think so. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Wait a minute. That's a weird retort from Shane. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, we cut to Shane and JR, and it turns out he was actually thanking a makeup associate. A lady, if you will, who's sitting next to Shane. Oh, hey, we're on. Hey, JR, what's going on, buddy? Uh, well, not much. Just hanging out here, waiting on you here. Uh, I don't need to get ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. How do I look? Good? Uh, outstanding. Val's opponent for this evening's contest is the marvelous one, Mark Marrow. Of course, as always, accompanied by Jacqueline, the baby with back. Shane is very happy to see Marrow because he says, He looks marvelous. They discussed the possibility of the evening gown match taking place on Raw. I wouldn't mind seeing that tomorrow night live. Not at all. Anything can happen when you're L-I-V-E because you're live. <laughs> well, I guess that would be true, Shane. Thank you. Uh, you made sure to say live just as many times as your daddy told you to in your ears. Uh, well, Shane, it's one of the easiest matches to officiate, certainly, the uh, evening gown match. It ends when someone has been stripped down to their undergarments. Well, if the king was here, he'd be ranting and raving about Bob Patties. Bob Patties, J.R. Uh, yeah, well, king, he's a, he's easily motivated. Dustin Runnels is here, carrying the sign yet again. Jim Ross compares Dustin Runnels and Val Venus to Bill Clinton and recently deceased special investigator Kenneth Starr. You get through that whole report yet, J.R.? Uh, no, I'm still working on a Shane. The match is like a minute long, and then Jacqueline comes off the top rope and lands on Val Venus's back. Jackie has mounted the big Valboski! Val Venus then slams Jacqueline violently. Oh my god! Val! Val didn't know it was Jackie on his back, JR! <coughs> Bullshit! <clears throat> well, it is a Sunday night show, I guess. Now, I'm not advocating like man on woman violence, obviously, but at the same time, it's a shit cover from Shane there. Uh, covering up Val Venus as, a, as an aggressor, uh, is what I'm talking about. Val Venus is then announced as the winner by disqualification. Well, that was a quickie. A quickie for Val, JR. Michael Cole! Little Dweeb himself is in the aisle to interview Jacqueline about the challenge laid down by Sable. Michael Cole is not wearing the interview cans from WrestleMania 11. I will not stop talking about those fuckers until they reappear on World Wrestling Federation television. Jacqueline accepts the evening gown challenge. Now, back in the ring, Dustin Runnels attacks Val Venus with a vicious clothesline from heaven. Shane's commentary during this entire assault leads me to believe that Shane may indeed have been hired as Dustin Runnels' life coach because he's got 
some words to lift up the spirits of the runster. Oh, yeah. Over the top. Oh, nice. Nice move, Dustin. Dustin is fired up. That's nice, Dustin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get up, baby. This is how you get noticed. Quote, unquote, get over. Impress the public. Good job, Dustin. Good job. Still to come, the Lumberjack match. D'Lo versus Kane. And Stoko Steve Austin will be in the house. Which is kind of like, in your house. But also, that's a great way to market Stone Cold. Stone Cold will be in the house. We've already shown him, watching the tiny TV. Will he do anything else? I don't know. Stay with us. And we're back. <laughs> the following matchup is a non-title match, according to Tony Chibble. In the ring already with Yamaguchi-san, the prince of Sunday Night Heat, Taka Mishinoku, because he's on like almost every episode. His opponent is the king of Sunday Night Heat, the mysterious Gangrel, because these guys are on like every show. The royal family explodes. Oh, I guess it would be the Shane version. The royal family explodes on Sunday Night Heat, JR. Gangrel is announced as being from Santa Cruz, California. Totally fine, but I kind of wasn't paying attention, and I misheard it as, From Santa Claus, California, Gangrel! I just thought that was kind of funny. For no reason at all, Gangrel's walking out of the fire. For like half of a second, the camera cuts to an Asian child in the crowd and zooms in on his face, hoping that this kid will, like, show fear. Because, you know, I mean, his savior, Taka Mishinoku, is about to go against this mysterious gangrel. It just reeks of the WWF or someone being like, Hey, look! There's a kid! He looks like Taka, and he's afraid! Get him! Come on, Kevin! Zoom in! And it just reeks of, like, God, Vince. Lowest common denominator type shit, but whatever. Gangrel does his full entrance, okay? And I want to make this very clear. Uh, he does, you know, Tony Chimmel makes the ring announcement, Gangrel's walking, the music, the fire, all that stuff. It's a great presentation. One thing that's nice is that there's no commentary. Gangrel gets an entire 58 seconds, because I counted, to himself to do his entrance without anyone interrupting. He does the blood spit. The 58 seconds of silence has passed. And then Shane... <laughs> it's just, it goes from quiet, cool presentation... Uh, Gangrel does a blood spit, and then finally the silence is broken with nice. That's all he says about the blood spit. It's just nice. Uh, he then brings up the fact that Gangrel loves the viscous liquid. See previous episodes. Uh, J.R. Gangrel, obviously living a gothic type lifestyle. The match starts. J.R. promotes Gangrel versus Edge tomorrow night on Raw. They're blowing that one off pretty early. Taka hits an Asai moonsault with a ridiculous amount of hang time. Oh, man. Yeah, Taka. Yeah, that move is unbelievable. Taka does the choppy-choppy taunt, indicating he, too, is pleased with this Asahi moonsault. Strangely, later in the match, Jim Ross promises that the giant Titantron will be back for Raw tomorrow. Kind of like, sorry, guys. We booked a shitty arena that's too tiny for the Titantron. And then he lists off a bunch of towns that will soon host Monday Night Raw. You can tell he's very interested in this encounter. Later, Jim Ross calls out the fact that Taka Mishinoku has not defended the light heavyweight championship for, quote, some weeks. At least not on television, certainly. 
So, you know, he's kind of walking it back a little bit there. Further uh, to his disinterest, JR lets us know he's got some breaking news. Uh, they tell me back in the locker room area that Val Venus is, is raising Kane. Well, not, not literally Kane, but raising some you-know-what regarding his treatment from Dustin Reynolds earlier. Mishinoku Driver is countered into the implant DDT called by Shane. That move is awesome! Jim Ross calls it a supreme DDT. So I'm starting to wonder here if Jim Ross might be getting a little hungry because he just talked about raising canes. You know, raising canes chicken fingers. Do they have those in your area? The cane sauce with the garlic bread. Man, it is awesome. Or maybe he's thinking of the soft taco supreme DDT. Or he's thinking about pulling out his phone and ordering a large supreme DDT from the Pizza Hut. Perhaps. Maybe. Gangrel is your winner. Shane then asks Kathy, the makeup artist, for a little bit of a touch-up. Kathy, help me out here a little bit. Woo! It's getting hot. Uh, well, I guess I'll handle the replay here then. Uh, watch this move right here. Still to come, the Lumberjack match. Jeff Jarrett gets like 30 seconds to cut a promo backstage. He's like, well, you know the saying, don't piss me off. And of course it's bleep because it's Sunday Night Heat. Well, punk, you're already there. And you know what? I agree with you, Jared. Punk has been pissing me off lately as well. We're back on Sunday Night Heat, and Shane is getting some touch-ups from Kathy, the makeup lady. But here comes D'Lo Brown, and with him as always, his hetero life mate, Mark Henry. It's the champion of Europe! The champion of Europe, JR! Yeah, that's him! Last night on Saturday Night Raw, D'Lo Brown had a confrontation with the Brothers of Destruction. And the fearless leader of the nation, The Rock, saved him and took one for the team when he was assaulted by the Brothers of Destruction. Now, Jim Ross explains this in great detail. We even get clips. Afterwards, Shane, with some information, JR, yeah, but The Rock, last night on a special edition of Raw Saturday Night, he stood up to Kane and The Undertaker. Well, no shit, Shane! JR literally just covered all of this seconds ago. My god. Here comes Kane with the Undertaker. Kane ignites his trademark pyro. Oh man, it gets hot. Great shot. Great fucking shot of D'Lo Brown on the outside, scared of Kane. He looks at the belt, looks at Kane, the belt, then Kane. And then he shakes his head back and forth so, so rapidly that his cheek fat sort of jiggles. Like, ahead of him, like he's in fucking bullet time. It's a tremendous visual. He then hugs the gold of Europe, kisses it multiple times, and hands it to the big man from Sulesby, Texas. The bell rings, and here we go! More talk about breakdown in your house! Shane's worried about the greed factor. Will they draw straws to determine which brother wins the WWF championship? Back in the match, D'Lo is actually very funny here, this bad boy, acting scared the entire time. At one point, he rolls out of the ring to escape, sees the Undertaker, and yells, Aw, oh, damn! It's very funny. JR says that the breakdown waters have been muddied even further by Shamrock's challenge to Stone Cold. Can Stone Cold Steve Austin survive as champion with all these challengers? How many ribs can an Oklahoman eat? Ha <laughs> ha! I don't know, JR. How many? The match is all Kane, because when D'Lo gets in any offense, Kane just no-sells it. Finally, Mark Henry climbs the apron, but then backs off as The Undertaker charges. Shane McMahon on the call. Here comes The Undertaker. 
Forget about it! Forget about it! Taker attacks Mark Henry. The Rock is here with a chair, and he murders the fuck out of Kane with it. JR says, The Rock with the people's chair! A little payback. Good for you, Rock. Good for you. Undertaker gives chase to The Rock. D'Lo Brown taunts the fallen Kane. Kane, of course, sits up. Choke slam. No! Mark Henry's in, but here comes the Taker. It's a brawl! My God, Teddy! Make us a tag team match! Choke slam on D'Lo Brown. Then a double team choke slam on the big Mark Henry from Silsby, Texas. Fans, my God. Kane goes to Tombstone D'Lo. Taker goes to the middle rope. It's a spike tombstone! A fucking spike tombstone! The goddamn Undertaker with the spike tombstone. Oh, can I get a witness on that? Good night, D'Lo! I mean, look, that spike tombstone was scary as shit. It looked pretty good, but fuck me, I don't know how you do that safely. JR, you've heard of the dynamic duo? This is a demonic duo. What a force. What a force. Still to come, though, there's a lumberjack match, so stay with us. We're back! And we get an interesting exchange here between Shane and... Tony Chibble, I guess? Alright, it's time for the Lumberjack match. The following contest is a Lumberjack match. Hey, I just said that. Here comes Jeff Jarrett and Southern Justice. We get a, we take a quick second to get a replay of X-Pac, or X-Pac, goodness, The Rock hitting Kane with the chair. Now, hey, or Kane gets hit twice. <laughs> so two times on commentary during this replay, Shane yells, Clunk! Clunk. And yes, they do coincide with the chair strikes. And it's pretty funny. Thank you, Shane. Here comes X-Punk with the New Age Outlaws. Give it up! X-P-A-C in the house! Accompanied by Road Dog and Mr. A. Crooked Letter! Crooked Letter! I've got a unique crotch chop alert for all you fans who track things like this. The road dog's in the aisle, and he's making multiple X's over his crotch, and he's he's pivoting and chopping pretty quickly. Billy Gunn comes up from behind, sticks his hand, basically what would be up the road dog's ass, so his he could really cup the balls if he wanted to of the road dog, but instead he sticks the pointer finger forward and moves it towards road dog with the chops, so it's like, I don't really know how to fucking explain it, but it happens. Just watch it. X-Pac does his pyro. Shane makes a statement with each chop. Yeah! X! 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 X marks the spot! What energy here! Yeah, Road Dog, hook it up! We then get a camera shot of Road Dog giving Shane an awkward-looking, what I'm calling an X5, where you make an X and then you go up top for, like, the double high-five. It's just weird that Shane's obsessed with DX. DX loves Shane, but Shane's a bad guy, question mark. I mean, I get it. It makes sense from, like, a meta standpoint. Shane's young. DX is love. Shane likes to use his dick. DX likes to use their dick. I like to use my dick. You like to use your dick. I mean, hey, it's a dick party. Oh, yeah, JR, we're having ourselves a dick party. Uh, I don't think I got an invitation on that one, Shane. Anywho, the match begins. Uh, Shane yells, oh, that's going to leave a mark because somebody gets chopped. Just a nice Tommy Boy reference. Jeff Jarrett has a new haircut, new tats, and hopefully a new attitude. 
The Lumberjacks get involved. Shane calls it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a payback, JR. JR mentions the tickets for Monday Night Raw go on sale for a Tacoma Dome show in Tacoma, Washington, on sale tomorrow. Uh, you know, Bill Gates will be the first in line. Hey, yo, what up, Billy? As he yells, what up, Billy? Billy Gunn just happens to walk by the camera and spikes it like he just stares into it blankly like he's high as shit. And Shane just adds, oh, not that, Billy. <laughs> it's actually pretty fucking great. X-Pac goes groin first into the turnbuckle. Oh, soprano, says Shane. Got some big talk about how Jeff Jarrett is now getting over to the WWF fans from JR. You know, if you don't play the guitar, you don't break it down and try to play it. If you don't sing, you don't come out here and try to sing. You come out here and you get it on. Jeff Jarrett gets hit in the elbow when he's rammed into the turnbuckle. Shane, with a quote that makes me want to punch him. Oh, JR, I want to quote Gorilla Monsoon on this one. Jeff Jarrett just got caught one in the Lopitamus Dorsal, JR. Shane, you fucking wish you were as good as Gorilla Monsoon. Both men go down on the floor. The Sunday Night Heat logo appears on the screen. Oh, man! Please don't go to commercial! Please! Please! We do go to a commercial. We're back. Yeah, welcome back to Sunday Night Heat. The last two and a half minutes. Oh, yeah! X-Pac and Double J have been beating the crap out of one another. This match is awesome! Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Right up, Cowboy JR! I mean, hey, I'll just tell you what he says. You can imagine what's actually happening in the ring when he says it. X-Pac outside now. Dennis Knight has the guitar. The road dog takes it, though, and shatters that fucking guitar on the poor bastard once known as Phineas Godwin. Oh, yeah! Whammo! The Lumberjacks all fight. Pac hits the X-Factor in the ring. But the big hogman, all right, Henry Godwin, runs in and hits the meltdown on Pac. Jarek covers. One, two, three. And that completes the Lumberjack match. JR's like, Stone Cold is next, and he's going to have something to say about this. This being, we get a replay of Ken Shamrock making the challenge earlier. We then go to another commercial... And we are back, and holy shit, no more tiny TVs. The glass shatters. Well, come on, JR, let's hear it. Business is about to pick up! Shane's like, oh yeah, I got goosebumps, the electricity. And I will say, the crowd is apeshit for Stone Cold, of course. Austin poses, we get more breakdown hype. Personal note, I fucking hate the Smoking Skull Belt so goddamn much. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I would rather have the spinner belt. Yeah, that's how much I hate the smoking skull belt. Austin has the microphone, and I paraphrase. You know, I'll beat up the Undertaker or SummerSlam, fair and square, son. I'll respect Undertaker for sending Kane back to the match so we could go one-on-one. I told him that I respected him. And Vince McMahon makes it sound like I was kissing his ass. You know, if the Undertaker thinks, Shut up, punk! What? Yes. Austin breaks off his soliloquy and yells, Shut up, punk, to someone in the crowd, I guess. When he does it, the crowd pops. And you know what, Stone Cold? I agree. Punk should shut the fuck up. Folks, they just have given me these random punk-related opportunities. It's my job to take advantage of it. If I don't, why am I even in this business to begin with? 
Respect or not, it's no more Mr. Nice Guy at Breakdown, son. Now, as far as Kane Shamrock goes, I'll respect his UFC abilities. Which I just love, by the way. I'm a superhero. What do you? What can you do? I have UFC abilities, King. Anyway, I'll respect your UFC abilities, but piss on the UFC. This is WWF, son. If you want a title shot, bring your little blue trunks out here, and I'll beat your ass in front of the world. Sure enough, Blue Trunks Ken does emerge. As Ken walks down the ring, or walks out of the ring, he's like, Yeah, I want that! Yeah, I want that! And he points at the title, but he just sounds like a little kid. It's kind of lame. Referees are here, though, for separation. My God, here come Vince the Stooges. It's like Monday Night Raw on Sundays. Oh, oh, my pops, Vinny Mac in the house. Austin wants the mic back. He's like, Vince, I want you to tell your talkers to ring the damn bell. I don't really know what that means, but I guess he wants to fight Shamrock. JR, I don't think this is part of the master plan. But look, look at my dad's face. Maybe it is. And holy shit, out of nowhere, we fade to black. And that's it. That's the end of Sunday Night Heat. It's a bummer. I don't know if Shamrock, like I can't remember if Shamrock and Austin actually ever had a one-on-one match. I don't really know. But I will say this. Kingfish is a joke show. Yes. Serious note, though. It is pretty cool to see the early seeds planted for that triple cage match at Breakdown. I remember that being a huge thing. I can't remember why. I don't know if I got grounded for, like, getting a C or some shit like that. Because that's the kind of shit that would happen. But, like... I didn't get the breakdown pay-per-view. I missed it for some reason. It was either a C on an interim report card, which is like the halfway mark, or uh, like a something, a family thing. I don't know, but I never had breakdown. And I remember reading online that that cage match was fucking boss. I've watched it since, but I can't remember if it is. But it was cool to see Shamrock and The Rock get elevated to start playing with main event guys. I think that was pretty cool. Shamrock, I don't think, was even at SummerSlam, and The Rock lost the IC title, but here they are getting ready to compete, and, well, we don't know this yet in the Kingfish world, but we know they compete in a number one contenders match. It's just cool to see the elevation take place here on Kingfish. And I hope you enjoyed this little Kingfishing trip that we went on today. We'll be back with more Kingfish in the future, I promise. Don't forget to subscribe to the Aqua Cave. Maybe, God forbid, leave a review. But I will say this, as a, as a favor from you to me, in exchange from me to you, providing podcast-related entertainment, if you listen to an episode of anything from the Aqua Cave and you like it, maybe tweet out a link to the episode, share it on some form of social, maybe just anything. If you don't want to, I get it. But if you'd love to, fuck, I'd love to see it. It would make my day. Remember, folks, I'm Johnny C., And a winner is you. We will see you next time on Kingfish and all Aqua-related podcasts.